What's going on, people? I would like to welcome all of you to another Q11 edition of the Talk to Q Radio Show. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And with the Q11s, what I like to do is interview people to expose my audience to new things. I talk to authors, entrepreneurs, entertainers, counselors, other podcasters, and sometimes just your everyday person who just has something to say about a particular topic. So it's an opportunity for you to get to know these people up and close and learn their story. What sparked the passion to choose a certain career or what inspired them to write that book? Or why is this person so opinionated about a particular topic? So just sit back and enjoy the show and please be encouraged to share. A lot of my guests, much like myself, kind of do their thing by word of mouth. So the more that you share, like or comment on a social media post, then the more you can help me grow the show. And it also gives more support to the people that I bring on the show who are looking to get their services, products, and talents out to the masses. So without further ado, let's get to the interview. My guest has done some consulting work for Goldman Sachs, the Four Seasons Hotels, and many others. She comes from comes to us from British Columbia, Canada. She has written a new book called Be a Happy Leader, Stop Feeling Overwhelmed, Thrive Personally, and Achieve Killer Business Results. Please welcome Miss Tia Graham to the Talk to Q radio show. Tia, how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, so we'll jump right to it. You have the title of Chief Happiness Officer. Can you tell us about that and, and what exactly you do with that? Yes, sure. So I'm a certified chief happiness officer, and I got certified several years ago in Copenhagen, Denmark. And what the certification is, is a an experience and knowledge on how leaders can create really happy cultures within their organizations. So I learned from CEOs. It's also about positive psychology and neuroscience on how to create a culture where the, the business flourishes by focusing on the results and on the relationships and on the people. So that's the certification. Okay. I mean, now this may sound like a dumb question, but why is it so important to be happy in the workplace? I mean, I've heard people say that they go to work to make money. So why do you think it's important? Well, going to work to make money is also important. Of course, we all have bills to pay. Being happy in the workplace is extremely important because it not only affects people's happiness directly connects to our physical health and the longevity of our lives, but it also directly connects, and this is research-based, to business results. So research shows that when you're happier while you're working, you're more productive. You will sell more. You will take better care of your customers, happier leaders you know, retain. Everyone's talking about the great resignation. You will have more loyal team members, less turnover, less expenses with, you know, onboarding and hiring. And so um, also one, one crucial part is leaders and, and people in work need to be really creative and innovative right now and, and will always need to be. And there's a direct connection between having a positive mindset and being happy while you're working with how creative and innovative you are. And, you know, I I think that everyone has had a job or two where they've experienced uh, working with a boss that they really didn't care for all that much. I mean, mean, let's be honest. Some bosses aren't really good leaders because they allow their personal lives to, you know, or their personal agenda to influence how they lead. Mm -hmm. So 
isn't the first step in being a good leader in the workplace is to always put people first when making decisions? So, yes, actually, I believe, you know, the first step, and you touched on in terms of personal life, you know, the first step for a leader is really to start with themselves. It's going to be very difficult to be a great people leader if you yourself aren't well. And so in my book, I talk about that. But yes, you know, I say that the leader's number one priority is their team and, and is the people on their team. And if you're not taking great care of your people and making them feel like they're cared for, that they belong, that they're understood, that it's a safe place to, you know, say what they think, it's going to be very difficult to, to drive results. Okay. And of course, you know, you can't do that at the expense of the business. So right. how does one achieve that balance of pleasing the employees and still being productive within the workplace? Yeah. So it's, it's about having dedicated time for the team, whether it's virtual or in-person and also having dedicated time for those one-on-one -on -one conversations where you can build relationships and coach people and making sure that that's consistent so people feel like they always have that team connection and then that authentic connection with their boss. And then also having that, you know, the time in the calendar for meetings and execution and driving the strategies forward. So spending time with people, it doesn't have to feel your whole day or your whole calendar. You just need to make sure that it's authentic and that people feel like they are really cared for. But, um, you know, there's some people in the workplace who probably wouldn't even want to work for themselves because <laughs> they're miserable because of maybe home life or maybe it's a lot of pressure at work. So yeah. how can a leader overcome that feeling of being overwhelmed and project positivity within the workplace? Such a great question. So I'll start with the overwhelm piece. So with overwhelm, the first thing is to recognize is the mind-body connection. So in order to have a healthy mindset, have a strong psychological immune system, you need to be taking care of your physical immune system with enough sleep and movement and eating good food and, you know, potentially meditation, but making sure that you're taking care of your body because everything you do with your body connects to your mind. That's step one. The next step is really getting clear on what is overwhelming. You know, is it, is it the unrealistic um, asks of your boss? Are you overwhelmed because of the number of meetings and calls? You don't have any time to actually do work, but to really pause and understand, maybe it's coming from home. Like where is that overwhelm coming from? And then looking at what boundaries do you need to set up? And some people might need to work with a coach or, you know, sit down and talk with their boss and say, Hey, I'm not able to move forward and achieve my goals because of this, this, and this, but having those direct, you know, conversations. Um, but, really tuning into what's bringing the overwhelm, where's the overwhelm coming from um, is crucial. And then in terms of a positive mindset, so positivity is partly genetic, but it's also based on our choices. And there are several choices people make every day that can make them more negative or the opposite. There's choices you can make, you know, more positive. For example, like I mentioned sleep, if you are sleep deprived, it's going to be extremely difficult to have a positive mindset. So again, taking care of your physical body is going to help have a positive mindset. And then surrounding yourself, looking at your social circle, who are you spending time with? If all of your friends are extremely negative, that's going to affect how you are at work. If you watch the news in the morning, that's going to make you feel more negative. So I tell all of my clients, read the news, don't watch it on TV, because when you watch it on TV, it makes you feel 30% more negative. 
spending time outside in nature, taking breaks, reading books, you know, inspirational TED Talks. There are a lot of things that you can do, choices you can make to have your mindset feel more positive and optimistic. And I want your listeners to know positivity is about focus. Where do you want to put your attention? Because every single day you can wake up and focus on everything negative, or you can choose to focus on what's good at work, in your family, in the community, et cetera. Okay. You mentioned getting plenty of sleep, eating right, not watching the news in the morning. You're describing all my bad habits. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, it's a new year. These are are, are rituals. I need to turn my life around. All right. So you have to keep your team motivated if you want to get the most out of them, but you don't want a situation. You know how it is sometimes where the boss walks in the room and it kind of sucks the life out the room. People get tense uh, or maybe they're expecting something unfavorable to happen. So if people have a, I guess, a negative opinion about their boss, how can you motivate them? You know, can you even motivate people who don't like you? Oh, can you motivate people who don't like you? I think that's going to be challenging. To be honest, I do. Now, it doesn't mean that every single person on the team needs to be in love with the boss and think that he or she is the best person on earth. But in order to motivate people, those people have to feel inspired by you. They have to feel that, you know, you, you're, you're giving them energy and that you're optimistic and that, again, you're energizing. And so there, the research shows, and there's a great book on this called How to Be Happy at Work. And it talks about if you have a boss you don't love, how, to, how can you increase your own happiness at work? But in terms of a leadership perspective, it's going to be very difficult to motivate if people on your team don't like you as a human being. Yeah, I can see that. So is it better to be liked or respected as a leader within the workplace? Oh, uh, I say both. I think I think you need to be liked and, and I think you need to be respected. Um, and it's going to be difficult to, you know, succeed goals if you don't have both. Again, you don't have to be loved, but, but at least you need to be likable. Okay. All right. So um, let me throw this at you. What does establishing a strong relationship with an employee means to you? So establishing a strong relationship with employee means that you get to know them personally. You know what's going on in their personal life. You know about their family. You know about the background and that they feel like you are truly interested in them. It's also about being a really great listener. And every time that you're having conversation with them, that it's not this one sided, you know, do this, execute on this, but that you're actually listening to their ideas and their feedback as well. And Building a strong relationship is also about having a, a coaching um, relationship where you they feel like you are really invested and interested in their future, where they want to go in, within their career and in their life. And that just like a sports coach, you're there side by side, shoulder to shoulder to help them achieve their goals, that they feel that you're invested in them and um, that they feel that you believe in them. Okay. A lot of leaders are driven by statistics. Um, However, the numbers don't always provide context to what exactly is going on. So is it important for corporate leaders to understand what's important when it comes to productivity as a whole, instead of just focusing on a set of numbers that look flashy? Yeah, I, I believe in, I led teams in the hotel industry for 14 years and it's a balance of 
focusing on the numbers and focusing on the results and also, you know, looking forward in my book, uh, be a happy leader. I talk about the lead measures. So not just on what's happening, but what are the actions? What are the activities that your team can be doing every single day that will drive the business forward? And, you know, I think especially in this day and age, right, it's not about hours. Productivity is really about output. So giving people very clear goals and then giving them giving them autonomy. A lot about happiness at work is, is the opposite of micromanaging. So letting people be productive in their own way, as long as they are achieving the output, as long as they're achieving the results, that it's not just about the hours. Okay. A few more questions and we'll wrap things up. This is a two-part question. Okay. What makes your strategy so effective and what do you want people to get out of your book? So what makes my strategy so effective is, for one, I've lived it, breathed it, walked it. This is my leadership strategy that allowed me to achieve great sales results in the hotel industry and also have a really connected team that was glue that did not leave when the competitor called and offered 15,000 to go work, you know, at, at, at the other, at the other company, they stayed. And of course that drives results as well as having people stay and be connected. And the reason it's so effective is that it focuses on the leader as a person, as a human being, it focuses on my eight step methodology also focuses on the team and what you can do with the people and then gives business strategies and everything is based on research, gives business strategies that allow leaders to, to succeed and thrive without having to work 80 hours a week. Um, and the second question was what I really want people to, to get out of the book. Was that it? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So my, my intention for writing this book was to really inspire and motivate people and motivate leaders to prioritize their own happiness, prioritize their own well-being because of the ripple effect that leaders create, not only to their employees, but also to their employees' families. They affect their spouses and kids. Toxic leaders affect employees' children, the research shows. And so it's really, really important. And I also want lead, I've been a really stressed out, overwhelmed, exhausted leader in, in the earlier years of, of when I was leading teams. And I learned a lot along the way, of course. And so I want this book to help fast track people so that they don't have to, to be as overwhelmed as I was and to have a, to have a balanced life too. time for sleep, time for family, time for fun, all the other, other parts of life. Cause life is more than just work. Absolutely. And so uh, can anyone get something out of this book or i mean it's not reserved just for corporate leaders and bosses right yeah so that's such a great question so there's a lot in this book personal stories as well as research on happiness and well-being so someone who's not a leader or maybe someone who aspires to be a leader can definitely get a lot out of this book um and also you know if you think about it a leader is someone who has influence on people it's not just a title at a corporation so you might be a leader in your family. You might be a leader in your community. You might be part of a nonprofit. So yes, I absolutely think that there's a lot to get out of the book if you're not a corporate leader. So where can people find your book and how can they connect with you online and on social media? Sure. So to learn about the book, you can go to happyleaderbook.com and it's available on all the uh, online retailers. 
To learn more about me, you can go to my website, arriveathappy.com. And I'm really active on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. So I'm Tia Graham on uh, YouTube and LinkedIn, and then Arrive at Happy on Instagram. All right. That sounds great. And really quick, can you tell us what Arrive at Happy is? Arriveathappy.com? What's that yes. about? Yeah. So Arrive at Happy is my business, my company, and Arrive at Happy offers keynote talks and leadership development programs, executive retreats, coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching for people who really want to use the science of happiness and neuroscience to be successful for themselves and then also their organizations. So my mission is just to, to bring all the information I've learned over the past two decades to as many people as possible. All right. Sounds good. Her name is Tia Graham. She is a chief happiness officer and now an author. Be sure to get her book, Be a Happy Leader, Stop Feeling Overwhelmed, Thrive Personally, and Achieve Killer Business Results. I'll make sure to have a link to where they can purchase the book and connect with you in the show notes on this episode page. I thank you for taking the time to join the show. And that's going to do it, people. You can find me on social media by searching hashtag T2Q or talk to Q. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and share the show on YouTube. I want to thank all of you for checking out this episode of the Talk to Q radio show. Have a good rest of the week. Peace out. All right.